Welcome to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff with me, Anne Blake and Stephen Kinsler. How are you doing, Anne? I'm good, Steve. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Yeah. I'm fantastic. I'm having a... Uh, last week was the budget. This week is Brexit insanity. So, yeah, it's a busy time. Okay, and we might actually get to those things. But sure. but first of all, I suppose the, that unknown uh, ringtone number one uh, char- <laughs> in the charts that we just open the show with I love um, it I love it so much <laughs> that yeah. is the high gaps and pay gaps written and performed by me fantastic for it I was it. it was it was actually recorded as part of a challenge for the Limerick Lady podcast where I had to write a 30 second song about oh gee I'm hitting things about the thigh gap and pay gap and um I had it had to be barbershop quartet on a washboard so that's what happened I love that you get to do these fun cool things in your job I, I do not nobody says to me Stephen compose me a tune and I, <laughs> I, I just think that's fantastic and uh, I loved it so much that I made it my ringtone uh, on my phone um, which was deadly because people were going what is that really interesting ringtone Stephen and um, then uh, I was I was doing a, a thing in a government department and it went off mm. and um, yeah yeah, it was it was a bit sort of, you know, a load of economists in a room and Anne Blake explodes out of the phone. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was it was it was it was uh, out of sample. So it I, was great. I feel quite honored to have disturbed a room full of economists. You <laughs> really did. It was uh, it was a great moment, actually, because it was one of those like, are we going to make the entire conversation about this now or not? <laughs> and then people were like, Do you know what? Let's just not. We'll just kind of. Let's move on. But I mean, there's great, there's great lessons. Um, there's great lessons. There's great lessons in the in the thirty seconds mm-hmm. that all all economists really should be should be learning. And also, the room was full of blokes. Right, it was all blokes. And they, I imagine, don't worry that much about the thigh gap. What is the thigh gap? Huh? Well, it's this idea that your thighs should have a gap between Why should them. Thighs have a gap. Well. Personally, why and why do you believe that? Why do I believe? Yes. Well, I will be falling on the side of, of not believing. But according to the beauty magazines that try and brainwash and destroy my self esteem as a lady person, uh, they say I it is more attractive if your thighs have space between them uh-huh. when you're standing. Obviously, if you stand with your legs apart, there will be a natural thigh gap. But sure. yeah, it's this thing that. W- we should be striving for as ladies okay. uh, that we would have a thigh gap. Okay. A gap between our thighs when our legs are next to each other. So it strikes me that it's it's a really interesting quantifiable metric, right? Mm-hmm. It's like your body mass index or something. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, there has to be two inches, you know, right. and, and, uh, uh, and uh, Anne has three inches and Barbara has five inches. You know, actually, a five-inch thigh gap, something wrong. Something wrong. Yeah, I, I mean, but three it's inches, I wish. It's just interesting as a metric, right? But, it's, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. but it's obviously, it's a metricized thing, yeah. right? It's like your, your waist has to be a certain metric. It, you know, your, 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 there has to be a certain gap. It, it, it's, it's not something that's qualitative, mm. right? It's quantitative. Yes, yeah. it's, it's totally. It's like you know, you, know, you want something, and it, it and uh, uh, a bit like the the pay gap, uh, which mm-hmm. is the other part of the awesome song. Um, <laughs> it's it's a number, yeah, right. And it's interesting that you, you when you're objectifying anything, yep. the first thing that you do is associate a qualitative target like beauty, yep. with a quantitative target like two inches. Exactly. Right? You know, and uh, and that happens for everything and in every case. But it's also far more amenable to analysis and yep. comparison. And when you compare, you're comparing two things that are qualitatively different, you know, uh, two people's bodies, but quantitatively the same. Oh, your thigh gap is two inches or whatever it is, right? I don't know what <laughs> well, the appropriate metric is, I, but it's I, really interesting. I, you know? That is really interesting. Yeah. And it, I mean, obviously from my point of view, 
um, as a feminist, which is something I used to kind of confess. And now I'm being more declarative because, you know, I kind of think it should be. I would look forward to the day where it's embarrassing to say I'm not a feminist the way it would be embarrassing to say I'm actually a racist. Do you know, it's it should just be a a thing you are, you know? It's like you don't get praise for not being a racist. Exactly. Do you? It's like no. you're just supposed to not be a racist. Exactly. You know? exactly. I've never been to jail. You're not supposed to. Yeah. You know, I've never been a racist. It's like that's <laughs> not a thing you require praise for. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's kind of the goal. Um, but like I just kind of feel a bunch of people sit around rooms and you know beauty magazines and are like okay we we've we've made people feel really crap about their faces their you know they bingo wing arms they're obviously their breasts they have to be conscious of their belly as well that's a whole you know 10 volumes of magazines about the perfect belly um for everyone men and women but uh, what, well, we're running out and bums, obviously. We can talk yeah. about bums. So, wow, yeah, we're yeah. running out of things to shame. Oh, the thighs, quick. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's focus on that. <laughs> yeah, well, ne- next year it's a nostril gap or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it is because the, the little song does talk about the pay gap. And mm. when we did our pilot, I, I we were actually meant to talk about that and we only yes we did got we were supposed to my hands up I, I was meant to guide guide us the, the ship of podcast but I we only got to it towards the end and the idea is that we'll, we'll actually talk about it yeah um, and I suppose I am uh, as I said a lady person and uh, this is something we you hear a lot and is often dismissed as being nonsense or made up and mm. you have written a lot of articles about it. Yeah. And I have read those articles and they are amazing. Thank you. And very informative. And what I really would like um, to hear is, a, I suppose, a kind of a, because they're very detailed and they're brilliant. And, but that kind of, dare I say, kind of layman speak or street speech or just around the reality of it. Because yeah. as I said, it's thing people go to me, oh, sure, that's only made up. That's yeah. not true. And... Yeah, so I thought I would it's, I open it to you. So there's a big difference between um, a gender pay gap and what's called the motherhood penalty. Okay. So we'll get to that second bit at the end. Yeah. So imagine two people, uh, Steve and Stefania, oh. and they're identical in every respect. Um, their ages are identical. They're genetically identical. They do the same job. They've got the same level of core, uh, qualification. Um, they've got the same risk factors for their job, same location, same everything. Mm-hmm. The only difference is um, the uh, uh, reproductive organs, right? Um, and in that situation, so, so uh, accounting for or controlling for all other factors what is the influence of the fact that there is a difference in gender on the pay that each of them should expect to have on average, right? Um, and the answer is, even when you get out, get, take account of the fact that, you know, people are the same age, so typically people who are older earn more because they have more experience. Mm-hmm. Education, people with a BA earn more than people who, who have a high school degree. Um, risk factors, people in mines earn more than people who work in spars, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yep. Uh, taking account of all of that, there's still a gap. And that gap is, is, is getting smaller, right? It's getting smaller. And so when you match people, and people have done very, very detailed um, analyses now on huge surveys of, of um, you know, hundreds of thousands of people across loads of different countries. Uh, what you see is the gap is somewhere between 20 and 30% on average. Wow. It's getting smaller, um, probably because of the influence of policies. Um, but the, the question then becomes, so it's, it's, it, it exists. There is a gender pay gap. So it, it's really interesting that people are like, ah, oh, yeah, no, that, that doesn't exist. It definitely exists. There's, there, it exists, and it's it's larger in some countries. Like if you go to the Middle East, yeah, it's huge. If you go to uh, Norway, Denmark, Sweden, it's still there. Like yeah. it's still there. The only place in the world where it's it, it's actually illegal is Iceland. Oh, you saw that it's recently. Iceland. Yeah. And we we have brought in some, or we are bringing in some legislation. I just saw the heads of the bill uh, this morning uh, about uh, in Ireland about making the pay in companies above i think it's 25 employees um making the pay uh making it illegal and discriminatory to pay 
different people for the, for the same level of income. Because it turns out, it turns out that people of different genders are paid differently at the same level. Wow. So you know, it's really important. There's two like sort of caveats there. The first is that this is an average effect. Yeah. Yeah. So you, if if you say, oh, it's a bit like uh, smoking causes cancer, right? That's an average effect. On yeah. average, the average person if they smoke a lot will be on average more likely to have certain cancers. Okay. That's a so it's a, it's an average and a likelihood. So yeah. it's a statistical statement about loads of people. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you think about you could, people can always go, oh, well, I know my aunt, my, you know, great aunt, you, you know, Hortense, she smoked 27 packs a day. You know, she used to punch a bear in the morning <laughs> and she bathed in rainwater. It's kind of shite. Yeah. There's always that. And um, you can always find an exemplar, you mm-hmm. know, um, the, the examples, exemplars for in the scientific literature for years mm-hmm. were supermodels. So it's like, again, thigh gap <laughs> proponents yeah. are like, well, there's no gender. There is a gender pay gap for the supermodels. But it's like, that's one industry, right? And, yeah. and that's fair and it's one industry. But it's also one industry that maximizes an obviously quantifiable thing that the market wants, right? Yeah. Which is beautiful looking people. Yeah. But anyway, um, so, the, so the, 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 the first thing is that the gender pay gap is a, is a thing, but it is a statistical phenomenon that it takes place over loads of, of, of uh, outcomes. The second thing is it is qualitatively and quantitatively different from a motherhood, the motherhood penalty, right. which I mentioned before. So, yeah, the, that, yeah. so that penalty is, imagine Steve and Stefania, again, identical twins, except one of them has a kid. Yeah. What you will see is... Stefania's income drops, obviously, because she's had the kid. Yep. But then after a while, um, her income will increase again, but it will never attain the same level as Steve's. And that gap, that, is a, that gap is a motherhood penalty over time. And yeah. so it, it looks a bit like, a, it looks a bit like um, on a graph. And this has, been for, for, this has been shown for multiple countries. Okay. Imagine, uh, you know, when you go to the sweet shop or you go to the sweet shop, you know, those uh, pick and mix things. Yeah. You know yeah. the trowels that oh, you pick I, oh, out? Oh, geez, I do. <laughs> I love those things. <laughs> They're amazing. Uh, I love those things. And you're always surprised at how much you've actually fit into this giant bag of jellies. Yeah. That, that trowel is mm-hmm. the shape of the gap. Okay. So you just imagine, imagine the trial and you're looking at it sideways, that drop yep. in the, in, in, in the depth of the, tra- of the trowel, is that the word? The little scoopy yeah. thing. Well, yeah. scoop, scoop, maybe. Scoop, trowel right? is more for gardens, I think. Trowel, yeah. A trowel is not a thing that you use to, to eat. If you brought in the off. trowel with a load of jellies, you'd be like, lad, get that out of there. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. worms there. So uh, <laughs> jelly worms. Mm, I, they're but great. They are, they are great. I like the, I like yeah. those, those <laughs> old school cola bottles, the giant ones that are for some reason always harder than granite but yeah and True that, yeah. yeah but uh, i i am um, what i'm really interested in is is explanations for this because it is an ex- it does it is a thing so the motherhood thing is um uh uh well let's let's leave that to the side for okay. one second why is there a pay gap yeah right because uh ideally uh a 29 year old woman with no kids, with the same level of education as a 29-year-old man, should have, roughly speaking, the same pay. Yeah. On average. She doesn't. Right. Why not? Well, there's three explanations. The first is that women are just less ambitious than men. Right? Of course we are. Yes. So, so, so they're just different. Women are not, you know, women are from, what's the thing? Women Venus. from Mars? Men are from Mars, Men's women from Mars. are from Venus. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, right? Yeah. They're just different. And you just they're just different they just, like they we, want different things they, we don't want to be doing too much work we, don't, we want to go shopping it's very very you know there's you know? a lot there's a lot of basically <laughs> yeah we want to go get our eyebrows yeah. done exactly and so there's an economic model um, that suggests that mm. the economic model is you, you know uh, women know that they are going to be uh, picked up uh, by men and it, as, a, as a household they will spend a lot of time um uh, raising kids and making the house nice and all that, and they will specialize in that particular activity. Yeah. And so therefore, to invest more effort in a career you will not actually take up in the long run is a waste of your resources. Mm-hmm. So so what's interesting about that argument is, mathematically, it's a really elegant argument. It's mm-hmm. just completely wrong. Yeah. Like it's completely wrong. The, the, mm-hmm. the truth about it is, when they're left off to do stuff... Uh, 
it turns out that that women are different argument just it doesn't fall it doesn't doesn't work no the other argument um is that women are basically the same as men but they have some things about them which need to be corrected okay so <laughs> it's called the deficit model um it actually comes from the second wave of feminism okay um I'm not because I'm going to come back to you about feminism in a minute because I yeah. want to know what kind of feminist you are. Oh, goody. Uh, <laughs> um, so what, what's interesting about that is that argument is, look, um, when you make a woman as close to a man as possible, you actually eliminate many of the features. Mm. Uh, so you so you see this in uh, fashion, power dressing, Angela Merkel, right? Yeah. She doesn't show up in a flowery dress. She's the leader of the free world, right? Yeah. She doesn't rock up wearing a hat and a bonnet or anything. She wears oh. a trouser suit. Mm-hmm. Um, Theresa May, when she was prime minister, got into loads of trouble for wearing kitten heels. She had yeah. great taste in shoes, in fairness. Terrible taste in politics. Jesus, she was Jesus. <laughs> but great shoes. Fairness uh, to her. You, you know, you've got to give it up. It's all I care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, the, the, that, uh, that whole mm. thing about uh, power is a great book. Um, by Mary Beard, the Cambridge professor, yeah, talking about um, uh, how women are perceived, how women of power are perceived okay. down through history. It's fantastic. So talking about you know uh, Cleopatra, right, and how like I mean this woman was a psychopath. She Pretty was bad. a lunatic. She was poisoning <laughs> lads left, right, and center. She was killing people. She was doing whatever. She, you know, she was. She was sort of the. I would love. I would love that it be a HBO yes. about her life because it's. Uh, but but, but what's, there was what's the only Rome, thing there was Rome. Yeah. yeah. But what's the only thing you know about Cleopatra? She was gorgeous, mm. right? You know, uh, there's actually a great Mark Anthony was mad for the ride. He was like, mad he's for the like, ride. Yeah. Actually, there's yeah. a great story. Apparently, like <laughs> she know? had, uh, you know, people to taste her food and that, and she had come up with a notion of how to 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 end her life. Yeah, and had a uh, mate. <laughs> she had some poison, and she made her servant try it out, and it took too long. She went, "Yeah, no, I'm not going to use that. I'll use a snake instead." <laughs> this is market research, right? <laughs> oh, that's in some... three hours. Yeah, oh, sorry, no. sorry there, Bob. You know, but. You know, or or Helen of Troy, you know, the face that launched a thousand ships. Yeah. All of that. like, And so so uh, women in through history have been defined by their beauty. By their looks, by their, yeah. But also by their ability to alter the behavior of the men around them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke, Odysseus's wife and that kind of stuff. So um, the the that kind of deficit model is interesting because it does have some empirical support. Mm-hmm. But it, what it's doing is it's reasoning back from the gender pay gap. Yes. As if the gender pay gap was like, well, that's 80%. So women are 80% of men. We should make it so that they are 100% of men. So what do you do? Well, you institute things like um, uh, maternity leave. Mm. Right? Yeah. So that yeah, comes, yeah. that actually, that policy actually comes from that model. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or you might do things like, and, I mean, so uh, there's also kind of ridiculous stuff like uh, uh, female professionals who are like given uh, gravitas classes. They're told, well, you need to have gravitas. And they're going, dude, I've got like two PhDs. I don't need your gravitas yes, classes. Yeah. But they're sp- told to speak lower. And right. Because then they'll be <laughs> right? Do they wear moustaches? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've never, I, I, I do have a colleague who was invited to a gravitas for women okay. class. And um, I can't repeat. I know this is a podcast, but like, like, They'll actually shut off the internet if I repeat all the words that she said. Okay. And rightly so. Yeah. This was offensive. Um, but it comes from that model. Okay. The third model is something called the structural deficit model. And that is um, the way of thinking about the structural deficit model is that women are playing the same game as men. Like Mario Kart, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. But the men are playing it on easy and the women are playing it on hard. Yeah, I, I remember this from one yeah. of your articles. So the way, that's how I've kind of explained it to myself. And so the structural deficit model, that what I find really interesting about that is it doesn't invalidate men's success, mm. right? It says, you did work hard. Fair play to you. You, drew, you drove the Mario Kart race. You won the race. Fair play. You know, it doesn't invalidate that. No. It also doesn't invalidate the choices uh, of women who've, who've chosen to say, well, look, I'm not going to have kids. I'm actually going to spend a lot of time working on, you know, I'm not going to, imp- I'm not going to incur the motherhood penalty. I'm going to focus on the, I'm, yeah. I'm going to focus on the, uh, uh, my, my career and so forth. Yeah. yeah but yeah. even those women who focus on the 
who focus on their careers still have these structural deficits. Yes. So the structural deficit is that the world is designed, the default, the world is designed, and I mean literally, yeah. designed for white men, mm-hmm. right? Which is interesting because I'm a white man. You are? I'm a middle-aged Middle class. Ah, come on, you're the same age as me. Man. 41. I know, is that middle aged? We had this discussion the we last did. time. We did, we admitted it Stati- was true. Statistically speaking, you are not middle aged. Oh, I have one more year. You have one more year. So I'm we- on the easy setting. Uh, uh, on the <laughs> <laughs> you are on the easy setting when it comes to the age, the age. Uh, life expectancy profile, right? Um, but uh, what it means is, what it means is a lot of the time when you, when you think about these, 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 these race uh, uh, arguments, mm. uh, that when you when you are in the default position, yeah. as a white middle aged sort of heterosexual bloke, middle class person, the world is designed for you, like the temperature in buildings, is designed for the average white man, right? And that's not true for the average white woman, mm-hmm. and it's not true for the average woman of color. Yep, right. It's different. Yeah, just different. Yeah, uh, they're physically different, and so uh, uh, y- you find so so like just right now, I happen to be wearing a fantastic ensemble, uh, which is very snappy. Which, uh, thank you very much. It is a white shirt and a blue jacket thing, mm-hmm. These, and a pair of trousers. Yeah. So this is literally the uniform that was the buildings are designed around. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't wear this, you're going to be colder or warmer. Yeah. And um, the heights of desks. Yeah. Uh, all scientific studies of drugs are done on white people. Right. In colleges, typically. Well, yeah. Right. Uh, experiments, economic experiments, psychological experiments, all that, mm. all done on white people. Okay. Uh, and some, and mostly white men. So when yeah. I say that the world, the default, I mean literally the world around you. So anything yeah. that's not that is perforce harder to deal with harder to deal with i mean like yeah yeah, i mean from an old i know it's infinitely easier for me as a white woman than to to walk into a shop or walk down the road in ireland than it is to be a man or woman of color yes exactly like an infinite i've got a whole lot of privilege just from that alone and um yeah and um it's uh, the medical thing I should have figures on this but then again you're the expert I'm the I'm the the token artist you're chatting to but uh there is apparently like a, so much more money and investment medical um experimentation has gone into sorting out um say things like Viagra mm-hmm. then has gone into sorting out the pain women feel on a monthly basis eight times the investment of uh, into erectile dysfunction and male pattern baldness than uh, AIDS and malaria combined. Well, so yeah. why and why is that, right? Why is that? Because the people who have the disposable income to spend money on the male pattern baldness medication mm-hmm. are white blokes. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, and again, it's a US thing, right? So the, yeah, a sure. lot of the world is, is designed by what's called the hegemonic um, the, 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 the big fella in the room makes the rules and it's a fella typically so and I suppose the closer yeah. you are to that like as a westerner yeah we're closer to mm. to to the states so you know what I mean it, it gets easier yeah. the closer you are to that ideal exactly and so I'm a step away being mm-hmm. female so yeah there, you know that feeling when you're on a harder setting and actually it's funny you talk about getting getting more um, I remember a friend of mine she works in a in a boarding school and they get in Dublin and they, and they get their lunches every day. Okay. And she said that the, the men, no matter what age they are, the teachers, the women serving will give them a bit more food. <laughs> Just a bit more for him. And she's there looking like, <laughs> he's 50. He's not a growing boy, like. <laughs> and it's like, ah, give me an extra meatball or the extra spot. I mean, that, you know, it's so endemic. Yeah, I suppose. yeah, yeah. And, it's, and, and the thing about it is that when you ask somebody who is experiencing the default position to be like, listen, you should probably take account of this. Mm-hmm. That to them feels oppressive. Because it's like, hang on a second. I'm driving around this course. I'm doing Mario Kart. I'm driving around and I'm doing my best. And what you're telling me is that I need to worry about all these other people? And it's like, yeah, yeah, you do. Uh-huh. 
And you kind of go... You have to share the cake. You have to share the cake. But it's also <laughs> like you just have to realize that for, through no fault or act of your own, you just happened to roll the dice where the dice came up. And guess what? You were born white and fully abled. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. Do you know, all this. And you just happen to tick all these particular boxes that society happens, and it's totally random. It, it is, yeah. Be, and it's like, okay, um, when you realize this, you go, ah. And you really, really realize it. It's a bit like uh, when my wife was pregnant with our first kid. Mm-hmm. I saw pregnant women everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you learn an instrument, you hear that part of the tune yep. in every song. Yeah. When you see this kind of structural problem, you see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Really simple example. Meetings. Loads of meetings are set at nine o'clock in the morning. Why? Because we've got to get, get on with the day. Let's mm-hmm. get started. Well, most of the people who are actually there, ready to go before nine o'clock in the morning, are men. Because they don't have to drop the kids off at school. They don't have to make sure that their mum is in the right caring facility. They don't have to... Because the typical caring duties are typically apportioned to women. Yeah. Right. And it's like, oh, so if we just have the meeting at 12, because it's just an arbitrary number, let's yeah. have it at 12. It turns out that makes it a lot easier for women to apply for management roles. Okay. Because they can credibly commit to being there at 12 o'clock. Yeah. 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 And so these kind of structural things, you can start, when you start seeing that, you start realizing, all oh, right, okay, that's a big deal. And you start realizing, realizing that it's a huge amount of these, a huge number of these structural barriers that are, are in place. And they're not really there because of like somebody sat down and went, I will make it harder for a class of people to no. do this thing. They're not. They're just there because. Years ago, somebody went, we're just going to meet at nine o'clock on a Monday. And then the system reproduces itself because that's what you just do. And which is kind of what you talked about in the last yeah, one. Is yeah, yeah. It just... It just reproduces itself. It just keeps going. And, you know, it's fair enough. I think what's really important around what you're saying is when something's pointed out to you. And things are pointed out to me sure. around privilege. I mean, I never think twice about walking into a building. It's about Limerick, it's Georgian city. There's mm-hmm. steps to everything. Yeah. You know, suddenly I hurt my ankle or f- for some reason I'm in a wheelchair. That's not possible. Yep. You know, and when it's pointed out, and this, I think it's the reaction. It is. Is, is the big thing. So right. And for me to say, Limerick's fine if you're not, if you're not able-bodied. It's grand. Um... I don't know, I, I hear people saying this, but I don't experience it, therefore it is not true. Yes. Rather than go, oh, uh, right, what can I do with my voice and mm-hmm. my privilege and my influence to make the city more accessible? Exactly. And and I think as a, as a lady person, <laughs> as a woman, uh, I'll use the proper term, um, sometimes, you know, the reaction you get from from those with the privilege is uh, denying the experience yeah. and also, as you say, feeling attacked. Mm. Or, yeah, I remember being a kid and you'd be playing a game of football and we were near kind of playing pitches and then other kids would come along and, you know, like, oh, will we include them as well? Now, I mean, you're just sharing more of the pitch, but being like, no, don't want, I, no, no, we're, yeah. we're doing our thing. Mm. And it's like, well, let the other kids, maybe they don't have a ball. Sure. But feeling like initially, no, I don't want to share. Mm. And I think that is the, what was it you said, the, the man on Twitter with an egg photo. Yeah, Eggman. Eggman <laughs> is often the, re, the reaction that you get uh, you talk about feminism it's like oh that's an attack it's like well no it's actually just trying to shine a light on mm. on these in- inequalities to fix them not to make people feel crap about themselves well if you're playing a game there's a rational economic reason for this mm-hmm. if you're playing a game on easy and everyone else is playing a game on hard the likelihood that you're going to win is higher yep making everyone equally make, making everyone play the game on medium Yes. means that the likelihood that you're going to win that game is lower. Yes. Therefore, if you're the person who gets to decide what the level of the game is, you have no incentive to change the rules. Exactly. So one of the things that's really interesting is when you speak truth to power, mm-hmm. right, so the truth is there are structural deficiencies across all layers of society. Yeah. 
And some of them are too small and too complex to unpack with simple policies like we're only going to hire a female professor, mm-hmm. right? Which we might, we might get onto actually. Yep. But uh, some of them are like, some of them are like, you can fix them, and they are, you know, they are easily accommodated. But what, but you have to realize is, for the people who are playing the game uneasy, mm. it is imposed. What happens is there's more competition from people who are far likely far more or potentially far more capable right so the competition for them for stuff that they used to get easily yeah is now harder so it's absolutely rational from their perspective to go mm, you know what let's have another study let's do a <laughs> review these people are snowflakes say whatever you need to say but the point is you get into the job or you might get that promotion yeah. or whatever better so there is that's on one side. Mm. On the other side, on the sort of like I would like the game to I would like everyone to play the game on medium, please. Yes. The transition from that requires that everyone sort of agrees what the game is. We all have to believe that we're playing Mario Kart. If I'm playing Mario Kart and you're playing Red Dead Redemption, it's going to go wrong, <laughs> right? Yes. Because yeah. someone's going to shoot Mario. Be you get me? <laughs> it's going to be bad. So like, what that means in practice is and some people don't agree that they're playing the same game yeah and in the labor market you are playing the same game mm-hmm. in the labor market you want to work as a journalist you want to work as a professor you want to work as an artist you know you are up against other people it's a market there are buyers and sellers mm-hmm. and people will find the best price that's just how this goes in other areas that's far less easy to disentangle yeah take um uh Take the uh, Waking the Feminists um, mm-hmm. thing that happened in the Abbey. 2016. 2016, yeah. right? So there they went, hang on, lads. Yeah. <laughs> hang on a second. What? Look at what just happened there. Yeah. You guys just completely shut out the narrative of a bunch of really, really innovative uh, women playwrights and women artists from like a hundred years of artistic history. Dems the Briggs. Dems the Briggs. Uh, we're not talking about snowflakes here, right? These are kind of, this is a big deal. And they rightly used their voice and their platform to say, actually, no, we're going to do this ourselves. Yeah. The same thing happened with uh, the McGill Summer School. So oh, yeah. last year or the year before, there's a big, it kicked off because Joe Mulholland uh, from the McGill uh, basically organized the, organized the summer school yeah. and it only had like, 10% or something. Uh, or uh, temper- like it was 90%, Fem- 10% or something like that. Female speakers. Yeah, 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 something like okay. that. Um, and uh, rightly, everyone kicked off about it. And Joe went, uh, okay. And then this year, it's fine. So yeah. what happens is people speak truth to power. People go, or, the, or they say, this is an issue, you need to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And actually what happens is two things. People go, oh, no, 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 it's grand. It's not such a big deal. Or or they come up with excuses. It's really hard to get women speakers, this kind of yeah, crap. Oh, we, we, hate, we hate speaking. It's nonsense. <laughs> it's nonsense, right? Yeah. It's nonsense. What is true is that uh, you need to, if you want, uh, it, the probability of you getting a woman speaker for your conference is one third that of a male speaker because they have care and duties, childcare duties, everything else. Mm-hmm. So it is more work for you as a conference organizer Yeah, because you're going to invite people uh, if you want to invite people uh, and you want to have a gender balance for every one man you've got to invite three women okay now that's good yeah that is fine because what it does is it mac- it, it increases the role of potential invitees yeah right? and that's a good thing but again it gets it gets over this fact that there is a structural yeah and system there's something there. beneath what you're saying yeah. and which I which I've noticed um as a, I keep saying as a woman, as a lady person, um, I notice a lot. Uh, I have friends with kids and that. I don't have kids myself, but I have a lot of friends with kids. And a friend of mine's even written a show called Existentialism. It's going to be on soon, uh, Joanne Ryan, and about whether or not to have a kid. Oh, wow. And so she really delves into it. Um, point being, I, I rarely hear my male friends who are parents mm say when I'm like oh will we do blah 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 and say well I need to check about childcare yeah. and pretty much any of friends who are mothers 
will say that a lot, even though they're both working jobs. Mm-hmm. And I suppose this idea, I mean, caring roles are great roles and, and they're kind of considered lesser mm-hmm. and they're less taken care of by the state as you say, like there's a huge issue around carers being minded properly in that. And, um, and the incentive for men to be at home, like the, 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 the parental leave is two weeks Yes, paid parental leave. Paid parental leave is two weeks now, um, pretty recent. But even then, like, I know I keep going to Scandinavia or whatever, but um, there's no incentive by policy to for it to be more shared. Mm. And I understand with something like breastfeeding, there there is a literal physical presence needed. What am I asking? What am I saying? I'm saying it's interesting as someone who's not in any of those roles, uh, just watching all the gals working big jobs and still doing all the childcare. Mm-hmm. Now, I know your child is outside here at the moment. Uh, is he? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I mean, for me, is that would be helpful, actually. Can, can, if we knew that he was outside. I think there's some women outside taking care of him. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I think, it, and that's, just, that's a whole other question, I suppose, that that's just a given that the... No, he's not there. He's somewhere on a street corner. Is here? I've just caused a bit of a consternation here. <laughs> <laughs> Our producer, Kean just went out and checked. And Stephen's son is not to be found where he said he'd be. Best dad ever. Best dad no, ever. No, he, he is. He just said... He might be in with, with Will. Yeah, he came here at 3.08 p.m. He just sent me a text. I see. Anyway, yeah. I, 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 I digress, or we digress, but that whole thing that also affects is and that's the sub that's a sub yeah text to the whole issue that that generally falls on women and is kind of considered the crapper job even though raising the children of the future should be rewarded and you know lots of support given to it just just for the listeners the child is okay is that right he's okay Thank God. I mean, I mean for, a, for a six-month-old newborn, you know, you're very lax. Ah, just leave him on the corner. He'll be grand. Yeah. He's, he's 13. He's all right. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's, um, he's been around the world, so he'll be all right. Uh, he's a tough little fella. But uh, in fact, little. He's taller than I am. So he's, he's fine. <laughs> well, I'm, um, I know I'm just... Uh, so what's interesting about... The, there's, there's two things. The first is... Um, uh, to take it from two points of view. Mm-hmm. Right? The first is uh, women are expected to do the washing. So this, it typically comes out to wash clothes mm. and stuff like that. So actually the, the basic, beyond like the first six months or the first year, um, women are expected to do a proportion of the housework and that proportion hasn't really gone down. Yeah. It dropped precipitously from the 70s to the 90s. Okay. But that was probably technology and not... Um, social not social norms changing mm-hmm. social norms are still if you're married and you have kids uh, the woman does the washing it seems to come on, come into that that okay. that uh, the childcare thing is 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 far better spread now it's far better and the reason is paid childcare not men's norms changing yeah it's just there's literally a place you drive the children you put them there they're there from eight o'clock till six o'clock or whatever how long yeah. they're there and that's fine yeah right um so so again it hasn't changed now remember in this exact period our working hours have increased yeah right and a precarious work has increased as well so both parents may be working longer mm-hmm. right and so that's an issue yeah and debt levels are high but what's really interesting is on the other side there's now a discourse particularly with my younger colleagues who are just having kids yeah and the discourse runs something like this why does no one ever ask me about how I manage childcare? And I find that really interesting. Uh, this the yeah, men. So this is my, my male colleagues who are like in their early 30s. Okay, interesting. They're, they're sitting there, you know, looking wrecked yeah. with the head on the counter, kind of going, <laughs> oh my God, it's not sleeping, you know, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And it's interesting, my, uh, my uh, colleagues who have slightly older kids mm-hmm. have slightly romanticized the 
very early years it's like oh no it was fine I just put little Tarquin down you know I I gave Tarquin one little drop of milk Um, he fell asleep for 18 hours he woke up was adorable we took some Instagram photos and he went back to sleep again for another 18 hours and then you've got these other people who are like like they look like Albert Einstein they're literally aging in front of your face like like that bit in Indiana Jones and it's and and they're kind of going the child isn't sleeping Mm. and I say well my eldest guy didn't sleep for the first 18 months And people go, oh, really? And they go, yeah, no. I mean, you know, I, 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 so fair play to the Tarquins of the world, but uh, my guy Aaron, he, you know, was a nightmare. And he's next go, door. We okay. could bring him in and ask. We him. could bring him in and ask him. <laughs> he had a giant head. He had a giant head <laughs> as a child. Huge head. Absolutely massive. He looked like a lollipop. It's hilarious. His head used to flop down. And people are like, oh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But to this day, I, we're slagging about it. Yeah. And it's that kind of thing that just yeah. let's let's not let's lie about this and let's pretend everything was fine. Or like, I mean, you've been yeah. honest with these people. It's oh, yeah, really I'm just saying. Look, it's it's just it's it's hard. But the, the thing about it is that uh, we I know for a fact because I wrote about it ten years ago. Mm. We didn't have this discussion. It wasn't like how are you coping here. Yeah. Are you, this is a lot of pressure are you all right? Wow. Um, and it's and it's like, I get that you now have to do all these things and you are terrified. Mm. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting in that I think a lot of the reason for that is people are living much further away from their parents. Yep. So it used to be the case that because family, the family network was much more nuclear, you were much closer mm. to your extended family, that the people who really knew how to do stuff, like the mother-in-law and the grannies and all that, uh, particularly all grannies, women, all women, mother-in-law, would come in and go, and they would particularly reduce the amount of uncertainty for the mother. They would go, "You're grand, you're grand, you're grand." Yeah, they cry, they fall down, get over it, you'll be all right. Mm. And that calmed everyone down. The fact that you don't have that now, what you have is the internet, where everything is amazing yes. or dreadful. Yeah, right. Um, or your mates who are lying about how amazing Tarquin is, (laughs) right, actually increases the amount of stress on you. Of course. So the social norm has changed. So what's interesting is we still haven't got around to the sort of Scandinavian discourse of, like, you know, uh, men driving prams around the place, mm. uh, you know, with paternal pride to use yeah, the and, uh, and not looking divine comedy line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. With pater- yes, yeah. um, and that, and and it not being something to laugh at. I remember yeah, there was a show yeah, yeah. and this guy was the stay-at-home dad. I think it was the good wife, and he'd show up. He was an investigator, and he'd show up sometimes, and he'd always have the kids with them, mm. and it was always portrayed mildly comic. Because look, it's a guy with yeah. little kids, and he's still trying to do his job, and yeah. and it's and it's playing to that norm to, for the comedy, yep. do you know, and that yep. like oh he, a man looking a bit silly because he has kids yeah. with them. Yeah, we, we we have this thing. I one year, I left the country thirty two times for right. work. A lot of my my work. I have to travel for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conferences and stuff. And um, I just realized I wasn't seeing a lot of the kids. So we decided that what we would do is, uh, when it made sense, like for you know holidays and stuff, if I was invited somewhere to speak, I would say, I will totally come, but I'm bringing my entire family. You have to put them up somewhere. And what was really cool about that was like 70% of the people were like, do you know what? You're good. Away with you. And 30% went, that's a great idea. Come on. Okay. So we, you know, the kids have seen Berlin. They've gone, you know, they, they've traveled with me. They've seen my life. Yeah. Which is, uh, they've seen a different part of my life. Yeah. Which is, it's interesting. And it's, again, privilege. Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> like you know, if you're listening to this going, fucking does well for you. Like, it does well for you. well for you. Oh, man, with his notions. Which is but, Berlin. <laughs> but we just, well, we had the opportunity to do that. And we went, yeah, look, let's, let's give that a go. Mm. And what's brilliant about that is, um, that sort of included them into that, but it also limited the amount of time that I spent abroad. Yeah, of course. Which de facto limits future opportunities. Yes. In the world of academia, it's all about who you know. It's all about talking to people. It's all about networking, and that's depriving me of seventy percent of the networking. Yeah. And I'm cool with that. I yeah. accept that as a cost to my future potential or whatever, mm. because. I want to spend more time with the kids. Yeah. And 
um, it's brilliant because I do get to do that. That's great. And they're great. And they're great. And they just, what's amazing is they just slag me. Constant. Have you seen Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe on Instagram? No. Oh, check it out. No. It's just him putting photos up and his kids, like, there's a picture of him and he's all kind of covered in sweat in his house and he's like, you know, you know, great workout, feel the burn or whatever. Yeah. And kid, and there's pictures on the wall behind him going, yeah, strategically taken in front of all your awards. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It's worth it's yeah. worth checking out. You my, know, my um, my uh, I, I I keep um a little log on Facebook of all the things that the lads have said to me down the years. Yeah, slagging me to bits because I know I'll forget it. Like yes. Um, but one of the most unforgettable things was we were in um, we were in New Zealand actually. Mm. We're in Hobbiton. And you have these big banquet thing and you've got this sort of, you're eating at a hobbit table and all this crap. And we're happened to these Germans who were there. And uh, they were saying, oh, you know, where are you? And I was like, oh, where are you from? And they told me where they're from. And I was like, oh, it's a lovely part of the world. Blah, blah, blah. And Aaron just stopped and went, dad, you say, wherever they're from, it's a lovely part of the world. You always say that. And here, here, is, here are his exact words. In front of them, they're right there at the table. Yeah. He goes, they could live, on, he points at them, they could live on a pile of burning tires. <laughs> and you would say, lovely part of the world. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I've got, got nothing. <laughs> I've got nothing. And the, uh, the amount of times that they've done that. And it's really good. It's really good, A, to stop you getting notions. No, but no. B, because... They feel like they can say that. And yeah. I think that's great. That's great. <laughs> I mean, what was also good was watching the wine spurt out of the German's nose <laughs> as he laughed. But it was also good. But I, I, guess, I guess the point is that, that there are ways to reconfigure this if you want to. And the, that happened. All of that happened because I became aware of these issues. Right. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it was really interesting. I put this thing up on Twitter Oh, like a month ago or something. Yeah. And I just, I had put out the washing four times or something that day because it was pissing rain. Yeah. And I ran out. I came back in. I ran out. And I was, I put this thing up on Twitter going, I would pay money for an app that basically goes, lad, get the, get the drying in. Get it, get it in now. Great Bad, dry, great, great dry drying. Weather. Crap drying. Get it in now, kid. It's coming. <laughs> oh, just three messages. Just text me. Query yeah. a thing. And it was, the reaction was really interesting. People were like, you don't take out the washing. And I'm like, bro, I take out the washing. And then the people were like, didn't happen. I'm like, I can take you. I mean, this is a very common frustration for, for an Irish person. Other people were like, all right, okay, well. It was just interesting that I don't think if I was a woman, they would have had the reaction. No. It was a bit like, huh, really? Right. Right. Washing. <laughs> you. Okay. And I'm like, Living a three-bed semi-D, dude. What am I going to do? Like, you know. Yeah, and, and so, yeah. So it's interesting. It's I, a, I can operate a washing machine, like. Uh, well, know? this and um, I mean, I think as well. A lot of advertising is. Uh, I heard this comedian one time going saying, you know, I just hear ra- well radio advertising particularly saying, you know, like where women are bitches and men are morons. It's like yeah. you know, you like the ad is like. Uh, mommy what's daddy doing he said, well, you know the way your daddy's an idiot <laughs> he's trying to fix the roof you know <laughs> and it's like call a roofer and <laughs> it's like it's designed to to just make make things uh, keep the cycle going or whatever. <laughs> I thought it was a very good observation That's a really, could you imagine the opposite though where they where they turned around and they were like what we're going to try to do with our set of ads is really combat you know these stereotypes but just literally flip them right so go women are morons men are bitches yeah right and just see see where's mom right now she's up she's up there trying to mend the roof stupid mom can you imagine what people would do people like does that make me want a roofer or not right it's 2019 people would be like i wish to buy roofing material what do you call the things on a roof and you'd be like oh they're slates well which i find and then and then also so can you imagine if like the things that are marketed mostly to women mm-hmm. were marketed mostly to men? Yes. Uh, you see this um, because there are now categories of product which are, uh, they're the same thing, but they're partitioned. We've just, we've realized, we, the, the 
the, the, the market has mm. realized that if you, you can call the thing a different thing and sell it to different people for different prices. Yep. So, sport cream. <laughs> moisturizer, guys. It's fucking moisturizer. <laughs> it's, but it's in a blue tub. It's dark blue and it's called male power sexiness, <laughs> but it's just face cream. Yep. Moisturizer, like sport cream. Sport you know, cream. Feel at your best. You know, power, power man cream. Same thing, right? So they, 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 in order, you can exploit a gender stereotype in order to sell stuff. Yes, all, all, all advertising about gambling, all advertising about uh, um, uh, drinking, all, all advertising mm. about drinking, about beer, and beer all specifically. It's all just we like we blow, only drink, we only drink per second. Only drink per, per second. Um, you know? Well, I, I tell yeah. you, I have to be the the, the taskmaster here and wind things up. But there is stuff that's that's come up that I think would be fun to look back at to look at another time mm. uh, which I've taken note of good and uh, but it has been fascinating thank you so much to talk it's, stuff I just love talking stuff with you and it's just it's just fantastic oh. I, and I can't wait for the next ringtone that's what I want <laughs> I want like the next the next one I just want a ringtone so 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 uh, and then what we could do is like the ringtone goes off in strange places that oh. might be uh, an interesting moment but uh, should we get suggestions what people want me to write it about oh for yeah ringtone? that would be great <laughs> okay. that would be so good that would be so an, good another economic ringtone another economic ringtone there's the oh, yeah. whole product category out there of economic ringtones okay I'm I'm, I'm you do know what do the price discrimination mamba you know all that stuff so, I, you know, I, yeah. I'm planning to never work again so that sounds like my my quick <laughs> rich <low>. scheme <laughs> <laughs> There's a load of economists with mobile phones who are like, wait, what? You know? yeah, <laughs> but cool. I, we, must, we must wrap it up. So until next we talk stuff, uh, Stephen Kinsler, it has been a pleasure. And thank you so much, Anna. Just love chatting with you. It's brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. And we'll, we'll talk to you again. Thanks. One, two, three. So we're talking about the tiger and how we're supposed to try and widen that as if we've nothing else to worry about in a little woman life. Well, how about we close the pay gap and fix society ASAP and tell it it can shove its pile of crap where the sun don't shine.